0: All right. I'm here again with Jeff Tucker. Jeff has worn so many hats that I'm not, I'm not even going to go down the whole list, but you were most recently editorial director at a- AIER, American Institute for Economic Research, and just recently, just a few weeks ago, I believe, launched your own Brownstone Institute. Yeah. Um, what is that all about?
1: Well, it's because I knew, as you did back in March 2020, that this was a transformative uh, moment in the history of uh, uh, America and also human liberty itself, and that this was not going anywhere, that this is a brand new excuse for doing everything that governments have always wanted to do to us and that it wasn't going to go away. This wasn't a mere confusion over infectious disease, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, that it was going to be the excuse for massive despotism. And I think it needed a single-minded focus. And uh, I got obsessed with the topic and that's why I wrote my book. And and I clearly, you know, I saw the need for an institution that was entirely devoted to publishing on this, just to fight back, and that's what brownstone is all about. The reason for the name brownstone is that that was the building block of uh, the American city uh, in, in the age before steel, uh, before steel came along, and uh, all large city buildings and churches were made out of it. It's a malleable stone. It's also sometimes called freestone. And that's what we have to do. We're gonna be in the rebuilding process for the next 10 years, if not longer. So that's the reason for Brownstone. And it's already experienced, so you said uh, a month, um, it's, it's gonna be two months now. and But we've already experienced enormous success, got a lot of support. And and, you,
0: uh, and Brownstone itself has already published its first book too,
1: yeah, or and, more than one? Uh, just one, okay. uh, It's, it's um, let me just, I've got it right here. It's called yeah. The Great COVID Panic. Uh, mm-hmm by by um fridgers uh, foster and baker uh two australians really three and um it's the definitive work i knew it as soon as it came in the mail and it 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 came in my email just as soon as i thought about starting browstone, and i thought that's it this is what i gotta do i gotta publish this book and the sales have been like nothing i've seen in my entire career uh say so um, and that's good because uh, it's it is the best book on the topic it's definitive it's sweeping it covers you know immunology virology and epidemiology but also the politics the travel restrictions the business closures the uh all the scientific aspects the political aspects the crowd the, the mob mentality aspects the social social psychology elements uh, and gives a, a an agenda at the end so it's it the book that everybody needs to read. Also, I knew for sure when I read it, I thought, you know, there's no way anybody, no matter how crazy you are in this topic, could read this book and not come away fully shaken. And uh, 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 it's capable of changing minds.
0: Which which is kind of what's neat. I, th- I think for a lot of us, what's been most shocking has been the the vast numbers of people around us who are not shaken. Yeah by what's happened and that's that's what's been you know there's a lot about this that hasn't surprised me i'm sure there's a lot that hasn't surprised you but the the response of of so many of the people just going along with this not being disturbed by it i think that's what's that's what's shaken me that's what's yeah. really just been been a shock were you so we're recording this the day after president biden's announcement that you know forced vaccines for everyone yeah. um did that surprise you? Uh,
1: the ferocity of it uh, surprised me, and the uh, rhetoric and the demonization of the unvaccinated, you know, uh, and and the vague incursion of, of violence against them. Um, it's you know, I'm 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 now understanding things that I've studied so much in the past, but never really was able to understand, you know, things like the Cultural Revolution or the rise mm-hmm. of the Nazis or the way the perpetration of the Soviet uh, regime long after it lost public credibility and so on. I'm now understanding sort of how that power dynamic works together with mob psychology and and the excuses and, you know, the stigmatization of people. Uh, you know, I just, to see it in real time is is quite shocking. I, you know, Biden's a bothering old fool, but uh, there are powerful people behind him.
0: Yeah.
1: and then he's just i also understand you know why it is the soviet union had doddering old fools uh, <laughs> leaders for a large part of uh, the post-war period at least post uh, khrushchev um because they can be easily manipulated and then mm-hmm. sacrificed when things don't go well so that's what's happening to biden he's just a complete uh, tool of somebody or mm-hmm. something you know what that is, is is a little confusing i think but uh, um but there's other aspects of that speech that were actually startling that did shock me. Uh, You know, the declaration of civil war against red state governors is, is, uh, you know, that's basically 19 governors have already filed suit as if the American courts work, which they don't. So I don't know what that's going to amount to, but that shocked me. Um, And the, uh, the threats made against DeSantis and, Florida and Abbott in Texas, you know that we're gonna we're gonna steamroll them. We're gonna roll over these people. We're gonna get them out of the way. I think was his exact words. Mm -hmm. Um, So just the ferocity of the totalitarianism uh, did surprise me. Yeah, but you know that's that's what happens. I mean, once you once you start tabling in the zero COVID stuff, you know, we're gonna slow the spread. We're gonna end the pandemic through force. um, Then yeah, there's as as Biden himself said, freedom. And choice don't matter. I mean, that's what he said in a speech. He said this And, not and never
0: have and never have to those people. Um, I think, yeah, I mean, I'm 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 a little bit not surprised by that, only because um, well, honestly, because of Julian Assange. What when it hit me was when when Julian Assange was arrested, way back, I don't even remember what year it was. Hmm. Um And, you know, when he had to, when he had to hole up in the, in Ecuadorian embassy and when he was then arrested, it became so clear to me that we're operating in a world with no, there's, there's no rule of law. There they're really, when, when it gets down to it, the people who, who seek power are really not bound by the law. And I think that was the moment to with me. I'd, I wouldn't say it was a shock, but it was like that was a that was a really defining moment to me, yeah. that clarified that. And so when I see all this rolling out, I feel like this isn't new power. This is they always had this power, and they're just exercising it now. Yeah, so,
1: that's right. The state the state does always have this power, but I think what what the philosophy of liberalism has tried to do in the past is instill into uh, uh leaders and 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 polit- political leaders a sort of ethos of of uh, discipline of um, of public service of caring about others of caring about the constitution that sort of thing um, but once Caring about human liberty, and human rights, and that sort of thing—you know, basically a philosophical orientation. But once once that's gone, all you're left with is the raw power of the state, and they believe in that. And that's what that's what Biden's speech really showed was like, how dare you, how mm-hmm. dare you define me? You know, I I demanded seventy percent vaccination. We're uh, we're nowhere near that.
0: I was patient. I was patient. You didn't yeah. do what I wanted. And so now I'm bringing down the iron fist.
1: Yeah, that's right. And of course, you know, from a scientific point of view, the speech was completely bogus. I mean, you know, we're oh, now yeah. 15 or 20 studies or something like that about the importance of natural immunities. And the vaccines have been a disappointment, to say the least. Um uh, you know, it, it doesn't stop uh, infection. It doesn't stop uh, spread. And now everybody pretends, it's like Orwell, right? Well, we never said it would stop infection but yes, you did. The <laughs> CDC said that. Biden yeah, himself yeah. said that.
0: Well, and if it doesn't, then what's the point of the passports? What's the point of mandating that everybody get it? I mean, it, it really is this, it is new speak. It really is yeah. this nonsensical. And Orwell understood this so well that when you twist language and when you st- when you stop caring about the words that you speak and you stop, you know, when our society turns language into something other than a representation of the truth, mm-hmm. everything else falls apart because we've now got this, it's like a circus show. We now have this this drive to mandate vaccines for everyone because we're not going to be safe until everyone's vaccinated and yet it's it's not even a secret it's open knowledge that the vaccines don't prevent transmission so mm-hmm. it's like this this you know when when you take logic out of our social discourse anything's possible and it's yeah. it's scary yeah
1: and 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 you know his ideal, you know every ideology has a vision of heaven and a vision of hell And in this case the uh, the hell is non-compliance and the and the vision of, of salvation is universal vaccination. But, you know, I just saw this morning that Sweden has banned travelers from Portugal and, and Israel. Israel used to be one of the most vaccinated states in the world. Now it's falling right. down the list. But Portugal <clears throat> is up there at like 86 or 90 percent or something like that, at least according to uh, uh, the data I saw this morning. Some people dispute that. But they've been banned from traveling to Sweden, which they shouldn't be. Uh, But the reason for the ban is that the infections are going crazy in both countries. Mm -hmm. So, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: you know, and, and again, I don't think, I don't think cases really matter, you know, but
0: hospitalizations too.
1: hospitalizations too. And uh, look, we've all had friends who've had the vaccine and, you know, and, and get COVID and are in bed for a few days. You know, I mean, this is just normal And And people say, well, they, they, they reduce hospitalization and death and, and that I hope that's true. But it's a little early to be talking like that. I mean, you yeah, know Yeah, and certainly
0: there was there was a spike in deaths in Israel. You know, yeah. obviously correlation is not causation, but there was right. a spike right after they started the vaccine campaign. And as you said, they really, I mean, they were one of the most aggressive countries and just, mm-hmm. you know, really vaccinated a huge percentage of the population. Oh. And there was a massive spike in deaths that followed mm-hmm. that. So yeah, it hasn't it hasn't been shown to me. I know that's that's the claim, but I haven't seen anything that, that convinces me that it reduces hospitalizations or death. I don't know.
1: I mean, I I experts and I mean real experts, uh tell me they believe that it, it does, but they can't prove it and they're not sure about it and they're not gonna swear by it, you know. It's yeah, still a little yeah. bit early. I mean, I was thinking this morning, this is a kind of a nightmare scenario for the state in a sense, because it'd be one thing if the vaccines were as effective as they were supposed to be, and we're going to solve our problems, as Fauci said, you know, um, I mean, Fauci is an interesting figure because early on he said, we don't need a vaccine, it's ridiculous. Uh, the infection fatality rate is too low to, to bother with that kind of stuff. We can rely on natural immunities and, and reduction of the rate of transmission. Now he changed and suddenly then he said, well, now we've got the vaccine, it's going to solve all the problems. Now he's changed again, you know, mm-hmm. and um, the vaccine has not solved all of our problems. It's the vaccine is a very interesting case because when you think about all the tools they've used, you know, I mean, what are we going in like a dozen or two dozen? It was first there was travel restrictions, then it was masking, then it was closures—business closures, school closures, church closures—and um, then uh, then it was social distancing, just stay away from people. Then crowd control—you can't have more than ten people in your house, and so on, and so. On. None of these things have done anything to stop this virus, and yeah. and and so the vaccine, even though a lot of people thought in my world, that the vaccine would in fact uh, put an end to the restrictions and the lockdowns and the uh, controls just because it, it, would, it would work. That didn't work either. I mean, it's just another, lit, another in the long list of things that we just don't know whether and to what extent it's actually gonna help us. So it's a, it's a kind of a nightmare. I mean, this is like I say, it's like two dozen different tricks that the government has, has pulled out of its sack you know, of, of tools to, uh, to control this invisible pathogen, you know, or as Trump used to call it, the invisible enemy, you know, and, and it's not working. And so their power is being revealed to be useless. In the and case that,
0: of, I mean, to yeah. me, that's, that's one of the greatest silver linings is that, is that no. they're, you know, the, the curtain has been pulled back and the, no. the wizard has been exposed for what he is. And, and, you know, it should just be undeniable that, that so much of this is just, it's just fraudulent. Right. And yet so many people are still chanting the mantra. And and I think this is the part that's hard for me to grasp. And I think it's hard for a lot of people to grasp, because as you said, you know, we try to imagine what it was like in the cultural revolution or, you know, in Stalinist Russia or, um, you know, the, witch the witch trials, you know, times that to us seem crazy. And now here we are in the middle of this time where there are just mobs of people calling for something that doesn't make sense right yeah. right
1: so i i the first time i ever read about this because i i don't i'm not sure i think there's a lot of anger at the czar in soviet russia but people were pretty sick of communism by the early 1920s in china we saw something slightly different the rise of the red guard you know where they uh really swore by the teachings of mao mao himself didn't uh encourage or actively uh, participate in any of the millions of killings that went on. That was mostly a consequence of his followers, in the so-called Red Guard. And reading about that, I remember in the, this is in the book called The Black Book of Communism, one of the great, one of, the great yeah. of my my, my life. Um, but, you know, just reading about these crazed people uh, running around pillaging landowners and, and killing, slaughtering people all over the place for noncompliance, um, I remember thinking that it was surely this is cultural, you know, this is just mm-hmm. a, like a Chinese thing, you know,
0: right, right. Um,
1: but and but now uh, you realize it's not a Chinese thing; it's a human thing. You know, yeah. people once they buy into uh, the, I guess, for lack of a better term, the status philosophy, or you know, you stop believing in freedom, then you believe in anything. Anything's possible, and there's no amount of coercion that you find intolerable. Um, I mean. I don't know if you're on Twitter still, you know.
0: Yeah, a little. I can't spend a whole lot of time there, but I've, I see some crazy stuff.
1: Yeah, there was a one of the anchors on CNN. I forget his name now. Um, said this morning that Biden shouldn't be scapegoating the unvaccinated. Well, the pile on this guy, but it's just unbelievable. Just the sheer number wow. of, of Twitter people that were denouncing him for saying this. I mean, they really are encouraging that kind of violence as, you know, as Biden's himself, Biden's himself kind of encouraged that violence. He was saying he understands the anger at the unvaccinated. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I, I don't know what to say about that, but that's like giving people license yeah. to do unspeakable yeah. things, you know? And, yeah. uh, What's going on right in front of us? And these so-called liberals, you know, are all for it. What does that it,
0: word even mean anymore?
1: Yeah, right. I don't know. Um, you know, people have told me that. Um, I'm going to move my thing here a little bit. People have told me that uh, that that the left has always been totalitarian, and that I shouldn't be shocked by this. I mean, maybe, but I think this is another another level. You know, mm-hmm. this is this is like nothing I've seen in my lifetime. I've never seen yeah. Uh, And and I don't even think it's true. Um, I'm not sure that the left is naturally more totalitarian than the right. I'm not sure about that. I think it depends on the time and the place. But, I mean, what you really have here is just despotic tendencies, regardless of the ideology in question. It's just a a belief that everybody who's noncompliant just needs to die. I mean, it's no different from the religious wars, you know. You become Protestant, you deserve to be killed. You're a Jew, you deserve to be burned. If you're a Catholic in a Protestant country, then you should probably be strung up. And this went on for hundreds of years until we discovered this thing we call religious liberty and tolerance, And that kicked off the liberal revolution. Well, uh, demonizing the, the unvaccinated for this pandemic has no basis whatsoever in any kind of science, uh, much less humanism. Um, it's just a, a brutal scapegoating for the failures of government. They're trying to look for at, for something or somebody to blame. And, you know, um, well, you know, I, I was going to say you know, they, they can't blame the Jews, but actually they did blame the Jews. I mean, it was. It yeah, was, the
0: Hasidic uh, populations in, yeah. in New York. And yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah.
1: So they went after the Jews also first. That should have been a sign. You know, like. Yeah. Like the mayor and the governor of New York both went after the Jewish populations for their uh, vaccine. And
0: nobody, nobody, Uh, you know, accepted.
1: And nobody said anything. Yeah. 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 So
0: it's,
1: yeah. So it's like, that should have been a sign of what was coming, but you know what Biden said yesterday about the unvaccinated was it was a complete shock. I mean, I just I just can't believe it, and the complete ignoring of natural immunities. I mean,
0: oh well, it's 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 you can't you can't even say that you there. You know, I did see a bunch of people posting about um, you know on the on this issue. Now the mantra is you know natural immunity is not a thing. Natural immunity is you know it's I don't even no that's
1: I, not true. I mean we know
0: right. We've known for for millennia that that's not true. Well, that's
1: what's what's interesting about this. It's like, yeah, you can look at the latest studies out of Israel showing that natural immunity is more robust and and strong and broad and safe than the vaccines. Okay, that's what the study says. And it was a huge study. I guess I have to write about this. But (laughs) so you can say we've known for a month or you can say we've known for a year and a half or you can say we've known for a century or you could say we've known for centuries, but actually you can go back to uh Greek historian, Thir... Thucydides. Thucydides, yeah. And, uh, you know, talking about how people have been exposed to a pathogen before, you know, were protected from it. Mm-hmm. So we've known since we have historical records about natural immunities. And then yeah. suddenly in 2020, we decided just to pretend like we didn't know about it. You know, it's, 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 it's shocking. I've never. I started by writing, you know, in the old days, I used to write, we shredded 100 years worth of uh, science and advances in immunology. But I think it's actually more extreme than that. We shredded everything we know about infectious disease
0: and uh, human interaction. Everything we, I mean, even before wow. people understood, you know, the science of infectious disease we've, we've known that there's some risk to being around other people. We've known, you know, people Mm -hmm. have, there have been standards. There've been, you know, Mm -hmm. you go out into public and you understand that you're taking on some risk, even if you don't fully understand how it works or or all of that. And there've been sort of standards for human interaction throughout the eons Right. And that's what's being swept, or I, I don't think it's going to work. I don't think it is going to get swept away, but that's what's at risk right now. That's what's, what seems to be being swept away is really, you know, thousands of years of how people have interacted and, and managed their risks.
1: Well, we've decided people don't have, we, don't, we can't have human rights and freedom because of the existence of a pathogen. I mean, this is, a, this is what they're telling is what the regime is telling us. We can't have freedom. There's infectious mm-hmm. disease around. What mm-hmm. the hell? there's always been infectious disease around and we somehow came up with constitutions and civilization anyway.
0: Yeah. I mean,
1: this is the main theme that I've, I've decided to take on with Brownstone, but I, I, cause I realized this pretty early on. I'm a, I became a student of Sinatra Gupta basically, who's this epidemiologist, nice. epidemiologist in, in Oxford. And I just drank deeply from her well. And what she explained was that in, uh, in the history, In the whole sweep of human history, infectious disease, the the existence of pathogens itself has been a major reason for the cobbling together of feudal societies and castes. That, in fact, dividing humanity between the clean and the unclean is what we do. And that the uh, the insight that. Exposure it needs to be shared democratically, or equally across the entire population. Or at least we need some kind of standards that are not based on language, class, uh, and religion uh, in order uh, to um, to allocate the risk associated with pathogenic exposure. Uh, was a unique insight of liberalism itself, and that insight itself mm-hmm. led to uh, a a bolstering of the human immune system so that after World War One, right. for example, with travel and trade, uh, we experienced basically global exposure to everything and our immune system scaled. And that more so than anything else is what accounts for the dramatic lengthening of lives over the course of the 20th century. So that-
0: Wow, more, more so than improvements in sanitation, hygiene, um, nutrition, that, that kind of thing? All
1: those- play a factor, but the thing that people do not talk about is the immune system itself.
0: Wow. Because
1: uh, you know uh, naive immune systems are the single most, the biggest danger we face as the human population, more so than mm-hmm. war, more so than violence. Um, naive immune systems are the real threat. And so the uh, scaling up of the immune systems after World War One, with travel and trade um, and with the building of great cities and immigration, that sort of thing, mm-hmm. uh, caused this dramatic improvement in our immune and uh, the immunological map of the world. And next thing you know, we're not being wiped out at the age of twenty six by right. you know, by this disease, that disease, and 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 also, um, you, she credits natural immunities and exposure more than vaccines and more than sanitation, more than prosperity, you know? Wow!
0: So this is
1: a remarkable insight to me and I just think it just needs to be fleshed out. And even if it's not fully fleshed out yet, uh, her outlook that a major reason, or or I should say a major sort of disinterrata of the operational reality of of statism uh, from the ancient world to the present has been about otherizing uh, people so that they bear the burden of herd immunity rather than sharing that broadly. Oh, that's
0: that's fascinating. Has has that's she that, written something on this?
1: Like, yeah, you can you can download her uh, her her book on Amazon.
0: Okay,
1: uh, it's called uh, Pandemics: Facts, Not Fear, something like that.
0: Okay, um, but most that's fascinating.
1: Yeah, uh, talked about it in interviews and that sort of thing. But and and once you see it, you can't unsee it, right? So now she's from Kolkata uh mm-hmm. india which is you know historically always been divided yeah. according to caste systems and and where the ruling class always expects the lower classes to bear the burden of herd immunity um, but that was true too also in biblical times you know and so you can read in the bible how jesus himself had to confront this problem that social structure was always uh avoiding the diseased right and um, they called it leprosy. They called it whatever they wanted. It wasn't a right. scientific designation because, you know, uh, historical epidemiologists say there's no such thing as leprosy even in Jesus's time. But the way Jesus mm-hmm. healed the lepers was not by. I mean, the Bible does not say that their sores went away. What it says is that the people who were called lepers were declared clean by him, mm. and he, as a uh, as a famous teacher rabbi was in a position to do this for people. And then wow. one one time, um, so there are a number of occasions, like there's this poor guy named Simon the leper. Have you ever heard that?
0: I've Simon. heard the name. I don't think I know the story.
1: Well, it's, uh, Jesus goes to this dinner party, right? And it's a family dinner party. So it's like it's like Mary's there and and uh, Mary's mom and Martha, or cousin, I don't know all these people. But anyway, it's like, you know, kind of a, a group of his friends. But there's this guy there named Simon, and and Simon says, listen, Jesus, I really don't want to weigh too heavily on you here. I know it's a dinner party. We're supposed to be having a good good time, but you are a rabbi. You know, for all my life, they've been calling me Simon the leper. In fact, that is my name, Simon the leper. I don't have leper. Look at me. Do I look like I have a leprosy? No, mm-hmm. but they call me Simon the leper. Is there anything you can do about this? He goes, yeah, you're clean. So the guy goes, thanks. And so, you know, they go back to drinking their aperitifs. And the guy goes about his life now as a, as a, just Simon, not he Simon. He got his left.
0: vaccine passport. He
1: got his vaccine passport for Jesus. There's another occasion where a guy, so now Jesus is like famous for declaring people clean. It's like, cause they couldn't get back. They couldn't get to the temple. So he got this rep. So he's out on the streets one day, and the guy comes up to me and says, listen, Jesus, I'm another one of these lepers. You know, is there anything you can do about it? Jesus says, well, look, yeah, okay, you're clean, but you're clean. Go tell them in the temple that you're clean, that a rabbi declared you clean. But but do me a favor, and don't tell anybody that I'm the one who did this for you. (laughs) Well, the guy shows up to the temple and says, hey, I've been declared clean. And, and you know, the person at the door says, oh, yeah, by who? And he says, that guy over there, Jesus. And they're like, oh, yeah? So Jesus has been, ex- been exposed to leprosy, huh? So they exiled him, Jesus, they exiled him for, for, for not socially distancing from the leper. And they sent him out <laughs> into the desert for 40 days. And Jesus is like, thanks a lot, dude. You know no good deed goes unpunished apparently you know
0: <laughs> well so so are you saying because i i don't know a whole lot about the bible i wow. should know a lot more about it i don't oh. um are you saying that the stories about of jesus physically healing people mm-hmm. is not actually that it's of him well or, Richard, or, or,
1: i'm not, I'm not saying that I'm just saying that you can understand every one of these stories uh, in a different way mm-hmm. you can understand them as Jesus taking away the stigma yeah of the class stigma associated with disease and yeah. and if you want to understand them that way they make sense mm-hmm. without having to rely on the idea of miracles
0: right. Right.
1: So anyway, that's just one case in point. But another another case in point I'll bring up in, the, in American history is slavery. Right. So in the South we had slavery. Uh, a big job of the slaves was to was to be the sandbags for pathogens, yellow fever, and so on. So when it came, uh, the the lords and the manners and the and the ruling class would always disappear. Uh, uh, to their to their mansions and and push all the uh, slaves out to get to get the infectious disease.
0: But how does that work? Because if if the lords and and highfalutin people are are isolating mm-hmm. themselves, right, and everyone else is 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 getting it, right, the people who've been isolated still have naive immune systems. So right. it's what happens when they then come back and start. I mean, how did that play out?
1: They die young. That's what all the demographics tell us. Wow. The uh, slaves were a far more sickly population that happened to live a lot longer, healthier lives.
0: Wow.
1: So, you know, they got all the exposure. Mm -hmm. And so all the demographics tell us that they, yeah, they stayed sick a lot. But uh, long-term, they, had, uh, they lived longer and had uh, much better, uh, rom- much more b- robust immune systems. And than- their masters
0: mm-hmm. died, died young.
1: Died so young. And that's why they wow. were so terrified of, of pathogens because their immune systems are so immune. And so they suffered a lot more than the slave population. I'm not telling you anything that, that uh, historical de- de- demographics won't uh, explain to you. Mm-hmm. And if, what's interesting is that back when... Racialism as a philosophy, as a bogus scientific philosophy, began to kind of intrigue the ruling classes in the 1880s and the 1890s. They went back and looked at, um, so basically, you had white people trying to trying to explain that 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 black people were a diseased people, and that we should stay away from them. And what they were able to rely on was not mortality data. But infectious disease data, mm. there you saw a lot more uh, evidence of infection among um, uh, released slave populations um, um, after emancipation. But 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 they had a problem trying to explain why is that they live so long. You know. So uh,
0: I'm guessing they just. Sorry, that's my alarm going I'm guessing they just didn't address the question. Well, they did I mean you can okay. you can
1: read you can read all this stuff I mean it's actually grotesque but they yeah. Uh, they yeah they actually I just because I finished one of these idiotic books uh, the other day in preparation for a huge essay I wrote on the topic. Um, but uh, yeah they were they never referenced the, the uh, uh, better immune systems they, 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 they yeah they couldn't really understand you know why why they had such uh, there's so, how could you be both more sick and also more healthy right and, you know, well, how does and, that
0: and that's kind of where we are now I feel like that's um the
1: yeah.
0: it's really a it's a it's a it's a whole paradigm that's under threat right, right. now and the paradigm right. is the paradigm of, of of germ theory
1: yeah
0: as if that's the only thing we need to worry about and and you know what's taboo to even talk about is the benefits you get by getting sick, the I, benefits I, you get from, we can't, you can't I,
1: discuss I know, I know, I know, I know. And it's not been talked about for 18 months. And I, you know, early on this pandemic, I was ready to start tweeting about this and saying, and let's get to that in a moment because that's really important. But let me just yeah, follow yeah. up real quickly um, on this point about slavery. So just so we understand uh, the importance of Gupta's insight here. The reason for racial segregation in this country was to stay away from diseased people. It wasn't the case that people looked at black people and said, oh, they have dark skin. I want to stay away from them. That is not it. The dark skin was a sign and symbol of biological, of a biological threat. And that biology was essentially a, 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 you know, that they were a diseased people. This is the whole argument. If you go back and read, and I'm sorry, I've, I've got this, I wrote an essay last week about this, I had to read this idiot. Okay, book. I'm
0: gonna to link to that.
1: Yeah, Race, Traits of the American Negro is the name of the book. Anyway, I, I wrote about this. The whole purpose of that book is to establish that, that, and this was published by the American Economic Association in something like 1886, I'm just slightly making up a date, from in the 1880s sometime, uh, American Economic Association. The purpose of that book was to describe not um non ruling class people as diseased people we have to stay away from them and so race was only one aspect of it right so you, you, this also is inclusive of other imbecilic people or weaker you know like the poor whites or whatever it was yeah. but, but race is the most you know identifying characteristic so that was the reason for race segregation is to, it was so that uh the clean people could stay away from the dirty people uh, that was the reason for marriage licenses, that was the reason for immigration controls and labor uh, regulations and everything else. So this is not a insignificant thing. This is the reason for why we couldn't have freedom uh, 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 and free association for this is the reason for Jim Crow. this is the reason for segregation between the end of the Civil War and you know the uh, and the beginning of the Civil rights era. I mean th- it was precisely, the thing that that Biden talked about in his speech last night, demonize the other, the unclean, these are people that reckon society. We need to stay away from them. I understand your anger at them. Uh, let's force them, uh, bully them. It's identical to race. You change the details just slightly, but it's right. but 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 paradigm is is ultimately the same. And you know what's disgusting to me, Pristine, about this whole thing is that. I listened to a long interview with the author of a very, very best-selling book called White Fragility. And she, I forget now her name now, but she, she's an insufferable idiot. Uh, but she was talking about how we, you know, whites can't help it, we're all just racist, and we just look down at black people. And she was congratulating herself. She said, well, I try my best to get out of this paradigm because when I was a little girl, I couldn't understand racism. Like, just because a person's color of skin is different from mine doesn't mean that, that they're less than human. Well, guess what, lady? That is not the basis of segregation. That was not what built American race uh, caste system. What built it was the belief of biological inferiority and uncleanliness on the part of of people who are not part of your race or class. That was it. And I guarantee you, she's a lockdowner, right? Like, I don't know that for a fact, but I, I promise you, that She's participating her, in the same. Yeah. In the what do you same. About, what do you think about people who go to parties without masks? I'm, be, oh, those people are dirty. But that was the whole basis of. And wow. so here's what's extremely interesting to me and infuriating. me. As much as we study segregation, talk about racism, and talk about the history of Jim Crow and the brutality of uh, of, of, of the past and how the civil rights movement was so emancipatory for us, people do not understand this. I've, this, I had
0: never heard that before. I'd never. I, I had heard the arguments about, um, you know, uh, physiological inferiority and brain yeah. size and all that stuff. I had never heard what you're saying.
1: Oh no, it's you know, very before. explicit too. Because wow. these authors uh, are very explicit. It's not just this guy wrote, wrote "Race Traits of the American Negro" in the 1880s. It goes all the way up to 19, uh, 1920 with. Uh, the very, very popular bestselling book went through like 15 editions and is referenced quickly in uh Escott Fitzgerald's uh famous novel on the subject. It's called, it's called The Passing of the Great Race. And and what he says there very clearly is that this um the reason why these people need to be exterminated, and if not exterminated, then uh, at least excluded from from uh active participation and and um, civic life is not behavioral. And it's not moral. And it's not even necessarily racial as such. It is biological. It is because they are diseased, and and that we cannot allow them to poison us. So this is what they wrote. This is not a mystery. This is what they said, and they said that all. And, of course, they say they're also a criminal class. And, yes, they're immoral. And they do bad things. And they're going to be dangerous too. But that is not the reason for segregation. The reason for segregation was the, was the biological threat that they posed to the clean people, to, to the ruling class. And the same thing was true of Jews and sloth. I was just
0: going to ask about that. I was just going to ask about this. Did this. Was this the basis? Because I've I've always struggled yeah. to understand, especially in Europe, to understand, you know, beyond the whole banking thing, and and they've got more money than us, I've never really had a grasp of where the hatred for Jews came from. And right. is
1: right. So, so partially, um, it's the identification of a, uh, anytime you can find a, a tribe that has a f- consciousness of its own existence, mm-hmm. uh, then you're going to have another tribe that's going to turn on that tribe and say, "Look, see, you're the problem." So the fact that uh, the Jews could say we are Jews, you know, led non-Jews to say, well, we don't want any part of that.
0: Right. You're um, not us, so you're a threat. Yeah.
1: yeah so, so we know we're perfect. Right. I mean, we've got our people have it all correct. We have the right amount of discipline. We have the right religion. We have the correct language. we got the right looks. Our people are beautiful. You guys are ugly. So whatever it is that you have in you that makes you what you are, we don't want it because everything that would poison us, uh, you know, any, anything that's not us will, will amount to a poison of us. You know, It takes away our pedigree as a, as a people. And, and it's always biological. And it always comes down to infectious disease. So you know, at some point, Jews became honorary white people, which is weird, and so did Slavs, and so did Southern Italians. Uh, but for decades, they were all considered to be uh, poisoned people, diseased people. So we've got to get this right we've got this is to hugely this important
0: out. this this may be the most important essay you've ever written i mean this is, yeah, I this mean, is hugely I important it
1: had, it, i wish I had done more but this is the reason for this is the reason for brownstone it was like i really like we have got to figure this out and the fact that you and i have kind of been like lifetime libertarians and haven't done a lot of thinking about this is at some low, and for that matter i mean we saw what happened to libertarians when the Pastrogen came along. They didn't know what to say. They're like, "Oh, yeah." Well, uh, so I don't know. If people get sick, you know. It was just they just became stupid, and uh, they've yeah. mostly set this thing uh, out. And part of the reason is that they just hadn't thought about this. So this is a huge oversight and a big blind spot. And yeah. it's much more important. This is not just a side issue. This is the issue, at least according to Gupta, that has been a, a primary part of the thematics of statism now uh, since the beginning of the human experience and continues to vex us today and only in a slight period in our history. And she would say it was in the starting, you know, uh, after, you know, the turn of the, of the, uh, you know, the 19th to the 20th century. Um, did, did we develop a kind of a, a, a public health ideology that believed and the democratic sharing of the burden of pathogenic uh, herd immunity, and if you don't accept that, you're going to slice and dice the population up, into the people you want to be around and the people you don't want to be around. So there's nothing innovative or interesting about the social distancing. It's a new word for segregation. It's a new word for feudalism. It's a new word for uh, masters and slaves. Um, it, it just has a different. Uh, Uh, wording to it, you know, but it's the same ethos. It's no different from the the mask, you know, and and now you go to restaurants and the servers all have masks. Go, thanks for serving me. I don't have to have a mask. Keep that mask on. Were you a dirty person? Yeah. So it's the same
0: thing. (laughs) Well, and there's just on another level, it's, it's also, you know, looking at sort of the slaves and their masters um, Mm -hmm. dichotomy there, you know, by just on on a, on a biological level by isolating yourself from what's out there in the world and not giving your body a chance to respond to it and to strengthen sure. you're weakening yourself yes, you're course. weakening your your line you know if That's you're right. if if people are concerned concerned about their sort of their genetic line or you know, their group you're weakening your group yeah. by staying isolated that's
1: right and this is counterintuitive right it's very difficult yeah. to which is one of the reasons that uh, public health is so devoted after the discovery of herd immunity which you know that's something the that ancients didn't know about that was discovered in the 1920s 1930s uh, yeah after and World had War nothing II. to
0: do with vaccines by the way
1: no no it never did no. Vax- well vaccines Obviously helped, right? But uh, but uh, herd immunity—the the,
0: the, the concept was observed, you know, in in a in a setting with yeah, sure. you know where vaccines weren't even sure. Sure, sure,
1: sure. So after World War II, there was a huge emphasis on public health officials in America about educating everybody on cell biology, and that's why you know in ninth grade you know we take these classes, and from World War II on, so that we had generation and generation and generations learning about uh, the dangers of naive immune systems about the importance of exposure to mild pathogens is the uh, way that we p- protect, protect ourselves against the more serious pathogens we people learn this in school and you have to learn it because it's not it's not obvious right
0: no so and talk- it's counterintuitive like you say it doesn't it doesn't immediately make sense are kids still being taught that i don't know what uh, i
1: think they are but they don't pay attention okay. i mean it's in all the books right I mean, like uh, that's one of the first things I did after the after the coronavirus came along. So I, I I went out and read what are people discovering? You know, what what is in the books out there? So you can read cell biology for dummies or uh, read a first year text in virology. Yeah,
0: or, there are some good. I've got a good, a really nice one on the immune system. I, I'd hold it up if I had it handy. But um, yeah, there's some great yeah, short, but sure. you know, yeah, it's easy to find.
1: If people don't read, if people don't teach, if people don't pay attention, then it doesn't matter how much truth is out there.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah,
1: you know, you're going to get a population that's basically going to revert to a kind of medieval understanding, which is stay away, and um, and assign it to the people you don't like. You know, you're you're an essential worker. Go out there and get the get the uh, get the disease.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. I I get my groceries delivered to me. So <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what we did. So we've got to change this, and I don't know what happened between, let's say the 1970s and the uh, uh, 2020s to cause uh, the popular understanding of cell biology to just go away. I mean, it's a huge well, failure.
0: And it's not just that. I mean, I I harp on, you know, we're, we're starting a, a, a school, a, a private membership association sort of education venture. And so I'm kind of, I'm very focused on... The damage that state education has done to to intellectual discourse, to I, I think to people's ability to think. Mm. So I'm just wondering what 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 do you think about? It, it just seems to me we're what we're seeing right now is the results of a lot of government schooling, the results of people being in an environment where you are actively. Your 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 own intellectual imagination is actively suppressed,
1: mm. and
0: you're really taught to give the answers that the teacher wants. Right. And there's there's more to it than that, but is that yeah, just my little that, hobby horse, or do you do you no, see that there's too?
1: Truth to it, I mean, you know what's interesting about that is, I think I think you know you come out of a long lineage of of libertarian thought, and and I do too. Um, but I think for for a lot of us. We warned about the dangers of public education, about you know the corruption of the state and all this kind of stuff, and and it was all real to us, but not realized yet. You know, we we always thought that there was some cost associated with uh, universal public education and and this kind of stuff, but um, but we didn't imagine that cost would be a complete loss of human rights. You know, I think. I think this pandemic has has shocked us uh, the lockdown shocked us because we didn't
0: mm-hmm.
1: we didn't know i mean if we had known, maybe we would have been even more uh, passionate than we had been in the past and sadly, I think during our lifetimes Brittany, what's happened is that um libertarianism has been been reduced to a kind of uh, Parlor game, you know, with with factions and and uh, nonprofit institutions with people just with with jobs thinking that their their job was to be um, go to conferences and and that sort of thing, but but not to actually educate others or educate themselves. You know, um, mm-hmm. I mean, you'd swear that all the billions spent on pro liberty organizations complete it was a complete waste because they it did almost no good for us. So I'm hoping that over that what's happened to us in the last year and a half is that we've uh, developed a kind of a new level of passion and an understanding of why we exist, you know? And I feel as you do, as anybody in our realm feels a little overwhelmed right now, you know? It's like, we have so much work to do.
0: There's so much to do, work, yeah. you know?
1: I mean, I felt this way yesterday because I was exhausted because, I mean, I mean Brownstone's small, right? I mean, we're, we're doing really well, but I do, a lot of it myself. So I get tired, you know, at the end of the oh, day. Yeah. And so when I saw that uh, Biden had the speech coming out, I thought, well, yeah, I'm just going to give this one a pass. But then I heard it. And I thought, no, I can't. i got to write something. So I just took the evening last night and banged down an article. It's easier to do anything in the world than to do that. But I just did it just because I feel like that's sort of my job and that's, that's my passion. And, and somebody's got to get out there and say something. And You know, we feel I had a message this morning from from somebody who said she 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 said she feels so alone. I understand that. Um, And part of the problem is that. So many people have been silenced, right? People have been kicked off Twitter, uh,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. uh, Facebook, uh, kicked off LinkedIn, had their medium accounts deleted, you know, so, you know half our power is gone just because big tech has censored people. And the other half, people are just demoralized. You know, they're just tired. People are just tired um, after having worked for so long. Uh, But the truth is we're not alone. and, And there are more of us than ever. But the strategies that they've used to keep us from getting to know each other and keep us apart have been very effective, you know? Uh, for a full year, I mean, people couldn't even go to other people's houses, you know, or, or meet at conferences, and that sort of thing. That's that's right. a really great way to disable, to isolate
0: audience. people. Yeah, yeah,
1: and, and to make people feel demoralized. So if you're feeling demoralized, that's what Biden wants. Yeah, that's going for you know. So if you if you're feeling isolated, alone, and silent, and powerless, and like there's nothing I can do, okay, that you are the perfect citizen for Joe Biden.
0: Yeah. And if I can just throw in a plug for Telegram, um, yeah. free, freedoms. There, there are. To me, it's been it's been sort of this. Yes, I've, I feel isolated from people I was once connected with, but there's this whole other group now that all of a sudden, wow, there are all these people who care about liberty, and it's been yeah. incredible. There are yeah. groups like you know Freedom Cells. I encourage mm-hmm. everyone to look at Freedom Cells, um, and especially on Telegram. There, are, people are forming little local groups everywhere. People are oh. talking to each other. They're out there. Um, yeah, you're not alone. They're,
1: yeah, and they're people you've there. never heard of, too,
0: yeah. right? And
1: yeah. they're not all the big names that have headlined, you no. know, the in the past. Those people have, for the most part, been terrible, they've sucked. I'm sorry. To,
0: a lot of them have. It's
1: yeah. like probably the fifth time I've mentioned this on this podcast with you. I don't talk about that's because it's too painful a subject. But but there are all these other people out out there right
0: now. Are yeah, just, so many people have just risen to the occasion. A lot of data scientists. A lot of you know people like Ivor Cummins, um, oh, yeah. ethical skeptic. I mean, there's some amazing people who've just like who just have the capacity to reason and who looked at this and said, "What the hell?" and started making sense of it. And they've really risen to the occasion and. I don't even know if they consider themselves libertarians, but they're doing the right either. thing.
1: I don't know either. And that's, what, if I can say so, It's another reason for Brownstone. I really realized that the, the agenda of human emancipation, you know, just the drive to have human rights and freedom uh, is many ways should and must be and can be nonpartisan, right? Mm-hmm. It's not... It's not about enforcement of a particular ideological vision.
0: Yeah.
1: It's it's about being passionate about the fundamentals, you know, that people should have the freedom to travel. People should, I should be allowed to have as many people in my home as I want without having the guy. I should be able to go to church, you know, on Easter 2020 and not be arrested. Okay. So these are, these are basic
0: And I think that's to me, that's, that's sort of everything has been reshuffled as far as sort of our divisions and our groups. And to me, the, the big thing that I see coalescing is around that there are there are people in libertarian circles, there are people on the right, there are people on the left, who all get what you're saying, and who all are, you know, standing up and like, and fighting for these basic fundamental rights. And It's not partisan. It's not part of any one ideology. It's just this this basic fundamental thing that I think everyone should recognize and and they don't. But I feel like there's this sort of group and I don't want to stick a label on it because that's, you know, that's even more divisive. And then it's and labels have come with their own problems. But I see people from all corners. Yeah.
1: Now, and reason for this, and there's also a reason why it took conservatives so long to come around on this, because it was Trump who started the lockdowns, right? So there, there you yeah. are, you know, because suddenly it was like, well, I can be against the Biden lockdowns, but I, I, I can't really say anything about the Trump lockdowns. So that showed yeah. up, you know. Um, so yeah, people coming around to the anti-lockdown position, uh, which, by which I mean. You know, against all forms of mandates and just all the nonsense we've had for the last year and a half. Coming around to that requires people develop a bit of a independent mind.
0: Yeah, and to and to be willing to listen to people who are maybe not in your tribe. Sure. Um, a lot of people, a lot of people from, I mean, so many of the voices really doing a great job speaking out about this have not been from the quote unquote libertarian tribe. Right. Um, so yeah. I've got one final question for you. I'm planning a party mm-hmm. and this party is going to be a celebration for when we win. Mm. And I wonder if you would be the MC.
1: Oh, love Yeah. Actually I would, you know, I really believe in physical uh, meetings actually. So. Yeah.
0: And we're doing, we're doing a lot of that in California. You wouldn't know it, but that's yeah. Mm-hmm. It's very, very important.
1: Yeah. I'm organizing uh, some private events right now. Awesome brownstone I'm, I'm I'm really trying to go about this really deliberately because I want this institution to long outlive me. so I'm trying to take it uh, I guess you' would say with you know some some caution and deliberation, but um but I'm rolling it out gradually first of all, private events and then public events and go from there. but yeah, i would love I'd love to travel and, and be there awesome so
0: thank awesome thank you for
1: asking i've mm-hmm. i've um, I'm probably like you. I've there's just a lot of things I used to attend that I'm just not attending anymore because I'm I've been so disgusted at mm. uh, at the failures of people to stand up uh, for what's right, and I really think we're in in new times. So I'm ready for new institutions, new kinds of meetings, new kinds of, of 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 alliances and friendships, and and a new outlook on life. I mean, I, I think we we all got too comfortable in thinking. Mm-hmm everything and then next thing you know you know the house is blown down
0: yeah we didn't really even even those of us who spent you know our, our whole careers talking about the dangers of the state
1: yeah.
0: i don't think any of us realized
1: no no when i wrote about this in, in january 2020 that state had the power to do this not for a minute that i believe they would actually do it and i mean <sighs> i I knew they had the power and I thought that was outrageous enough. And so that's what I was in pain. But
0: in the back of your head, you're thinking, well, something's going to restrain them. You know, they, they can't, they can't risk looking that bad. They, they have to, they care about their public perception or, or how they appear on or the, the world stage. the courts will stop it. Right. Yeah. Just.
1: I should have done, you know, from March 8th, when they canceled South by Southwest. Yes. By an from the mayor and nothing happened. That was it. You know, I that was thought a sign. that when that news came out, Southwest, Southwest was canceled by the mayor. I thought there are going to be lawsuits for 10 years over this. <laughs> like, it's complete silence. I wrote an article about it. I think I may have had the only article.
0: I uh, remember that. I remember yeah. when that came out.
1: Uh, and everybody else was just like, oh, whatever. Of course you cancel an event. And, uh, well, okay. It gets... If the event organizers wanted to cancel it, that would be one thing. But That's not what happened. It was the mayor who canceled it. So... And then next thing, we, and we know what happened after that. By the way, um, uh, Brittany, if, if you want to, um, you should uh, pick up this book uh, because it, it's actually, this is, it's not just about education. Oh, I intend to. Yeah, it's also therapeutic because it goes through all the history here and it makes you realize you're not crazy. So this is, by this book, this is like literature as therapy, you know, because it, it it you know goes through the infection fatality rates and the the problem with these travel restrictions and the psychology of mass panic and the history of infectious disease. It's it's got everything in it. I'm, it's... I'm
0: I'm going to order it and I'm going to link to it too. Yeah, that's and that's I think that's the kind of therapy we need because I feel you know just our our whatever hardwiring humans have, we do have this need to belong and this need to sort of feel like we're normal. And so when everyone goes crazy around us and there's still a part of our, our makeup that's saying, well, there's gotta be something wrong with me if I'm not part of this, you know, there's, there's this, just this drive to go along with the herd, you know, and you know, for, for, you know, survival reasons there, you know, there are reasons why that drive lasted, but it's also, it can be deadly as we're, as we're seeing. So yeah, yeah to, 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 it's so important, I think, to connect and to hear from other people and to understand what's going on.
1: We're not not alone. And that, that we've been through these terrible times in the past at some level, there's something unexpected about this, but also not unexpected about this, um, about what's happened to us. I mean, liberty, uh, has always been the great exception and there's a reason for that. And, um, and the when it is the exception it's because people, because there's a culture that embraces it, understands it, and and sees it as something that human rights is inviolable and and mm-hmm. and and liberty is non-negotiable. It's not like Biden said in his speech, I say it's not about freedom of choice. Yes, it is about freedom. <laughs> it has to be. Mm-hmm. And unless we get that straight, everything is at risk, civilization itself. And I'm I'm I, you know, I'm not exaggerating when I say that. That we are faced with the fight of our lives right now, and we're fighting not just for our own freedoms, but but for the survival of civilization against these monsters. And yeah. it's going to yeah, take. Yeah, if all- they
0: can do this, they can do anything.
1: If they can do this, they can do anything, and they will. And and it's going to get worse. I mean, we could find ourselves in an inflationary depression within a year. Uh, price controls, by administration, yesterday already threatened them. We've already been through the eviction moratoriums, and we saw how. Uh, the Biden administration ignored the Supreme Court and just said, oh, yeah, you know, the Supreme Court doesn't have an army. We don't have to. They're ignoring the courts. Right. So,
0: right. So California, gonna, too. Yeah, are going
1: to get worse, much worse before they get better. So we need to steel ourselves for the long term battle here. I do think we can win, uh, but it's going to be uh, we're all in, you know, for the next uh, 24 months, probably. But beyond that, we've got another 10 years, if not 20 years, if not longer of rebuilding to take place
0: yeah well, yeah. the rebuilding should start. I mean the rebuild and I've been saying this for years too the rebuilding we we should have been building what we saw was broken years ago and now is the time that's that's my focus that's that's what I feel we we need to be doing is building civilization alongside the collapse of of this yeah,
1: yeah yeah no, that's right. Don't let them ruin your life. try to uh, build a beautiful life for yourselves. Uh, get educated get around people who who are who, who agree speak out in whatever way yeah. you and it's not always through twitter it's not always through facebook you know there's other ways to speak out yeah uh, don't give in stay principled uh, be wise be clever but but be courageous too and uh, we can get that part right we can probably win this
0: i think so thank you for coming on
1: thank you so much and, and i'll and- to uh, see the link to this and i'll I'll send it out
0: Yes. Okay. Thank you.